Thanks for joining us. Today, we're tackling the question of how to retain and build long-term clientele in your practice. We'll share from both the massage and business side as we put it all on the table. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of All on the Table, where we talk about the business of massage. My name is Vince Williams. I'm our resident business guy around here. And with me, as always, is Suzanne Reynolds, and I'm the the LMT that has been around for about 24 years in the business. You're the best. She's the expert on all things (laughs) massage. And between the two of us, uh, we try to help you if you're building an independent practice, considering going out on your own, or even if you work for somebody and are just interested in ways to improve the quality of your business. That's what we're here for. Right. Um, so, Suzanne, it's I'm been flattered, a by the way. I don't know everything about massage, but I <laughs> like my business. That, that's fair, but uh, you you are the business the the massage guru side of of our little <laughs> duo here. She didn't mention it, but she's also a teacher and co-founder and does all these cool things. So uh, she knows what she's talking about. Also, though, uh, off mic, you and I were talking about what happened this weekend and you were saying you apologize. You might have a rough voice because you were out at a concert last night. Yeah, screaming for a few hours. Yep. Yeah. Well, you were telling me I sound froggy and... Well, you know, there's you can just tell when somebody's voice has had a little bit of wear and tear. Honestly, I think you're doing great after being at a concert all night. If I go to the wrong concert or the kind that's really loud, I can have no voice the next day, you know. So so you're, doing, you're, doing, yeah. pretty, you're doing pretty good. But for those listening at home, if she sounds a little grainier than normal, just know uh, she used up all her good vocal cords last night. Celebrating, yeah, my bucket list band godsmack so you were front row right yeah i front row but i still behind the pit Uh Um, but it's okay we got backstage uh tour and uh, i didn't get to meet any of the band but i got to see their equipment and we talked music quite a bit yeah especially guitars and they had some really pretty ones um paul reed smith so very very nice i am was like an ocean blue it was just it was gorgeous some pretty guitars how come you weren't in the mosh pit just out of curiosity you're because i'm not exactly um able to do that (laughs) but you know it's interesting to see the crowd there i'm always surprised um that i'm always worried because i always feel like i'm going to be the oldest one but it turns out nope not at all yeah well um today um, we have a topic that came out of, again, just sort of student inquiries and things that you and I have been yeah. uh, hearing and getting questions about. One of the big subjects is maintaining long-term clients, yeah. sort of that ability to build your client base. Because really, the ideal scenario, if you are uh, an independent practitioner, is that you have a client base that is consistent and generates you know, what you need as the practitioner. And, you know, you're kind of in that place of stability at that point. And you're doing that by having clients that you don't have to kind of do the extra work you would with new clients every week and all of that. And just having that long-term success with them. So I I know both of us kind of thought through this subject this week and sort of uh, arranged some ideas. So I'm going to let you start off, Suzanne, hit some points. You're probably going to hit some ones that I hit. We haven't cross-referenced our lists yet. So let's just see where this, this topic takes us. But let's Let's talk a little bit about how somebody can build those long-term clients in their practice. What do you do 
for your practice and how do you do that, Suzanne? You know, it was rough going at the beginning. I didn't know how to keep a clientele because there's a lot of information out there that says, don't talk to them personally, don't do this, don't do that. And I understand that boundaries need to be need to be there. But if you're seeing somebody once a week for, you know, 52 weeks, you get to know them. And one of the big things I would say, is clients are fickle. Just because you've worked on them once or 100 times doesn't mean they might change their mind. But what I find with my with my clients that keeps long term is I genuinely care about their health. I care about, you know, how they're feeling and and what they're doing. And I reach out to them, especially if they're having a really hard time. So that that communication is the key. Yeah. Um, letting your clients talk. I mean, as long as it's appropriate, um, if they're talking about things that, you know, uh, that might be sexual in nature. No, that's Wait, not. No, no. Have, you need to have boundaries. Everyone needs to have boundaries. But, Absolutely. You know, that, I think that's true, probably in communication in general, but it's okay to communicate and actually build a, a bit of a relationship with them. I mean, it's a person and it's a vulnerable moment. We oh, talk, absolutely. And it's a vulnerable situation as well. I mean, yeah. they've got to trust you. I mean, we've talked about that before, is yeah. that trust piece of it. And I just, you know, I feel so blessed when I've had clients past five years, which a lot of my clients I've had. Um, some of them talk, some of them don't. But there, a lot of times we kind of get to know each other because, again, you can't work on somebody that much and not, know them as an individual or as a person you know because again you're dealing with their stress their pain their vulnerabilities during this and they count on me to at least get them out of that discomfort for you know 24 to 72 hours sometimes it's a week that's another thing is my clients i i that's one thing that i tell all my clients is you know your body best. You need to trust your body and what your mind is saying about it. Because a lot of times we're told that doctors take that away from us because they're know-it-alls. You know, these days, the health is a much different perspective. And knowing that you're in charge of your body and you're the one who is feeling the pain, nobody else does. Your clients, you really have to pay attention to them and you really need to you know, give a hoot about their well-being. Right. Um, so honesty, communication, um, and giving them the ob objective truth about their healing. You know, I've I've had clients say, "Well, this person said I could cure you, uh, that they could cure me," and I'm like, "Ah, eh, that's that's misleading." You know, your curable abilities. Nobody's completely cur cured by any particular modality. Yeah. So again, there's a number of steps that, you know, to me is about long term, uh, keeping my clients long term. You, you you kind of bring up an interesting point because I've run into this on the marketing side or in the business realm as well, where, you know, I've had uh, potential clients call me and they want me to promise X, Y, Z. And I'm like, well, that's not how it works. What I right. bring is a methodology and wisdom. We can use that to mo move you forward. But the, the challenge there, similar to people, is that there it's complex issue, right? right. Like, let's say I, I sell a bunch of your stuff, but you don't fulfill it. Or maybe your stuff isn't even good stuff because I don't make your stuff. You do your stuff. You know, I can just show you how to do it correctly and right. how to handle this part of your life, this piece of it. And I've lost people because they're like, well, so-and-so said that I could have, they, they, they could do everything. I think that sometimes we're put into a position where 
our integrity has to make a decision between being really honest with a potential client or client or promising them the world. And we live in a society where oftentimes those bigger than life promises um, get attention up front. But I do agree with you that maintaining long-term clients is about setting an expectation of trust in that relationship. Because as soon as that gets, if you make that big promise, it's short-sighted. And if you can't fulfill that promise, you've lost all trust <laughs> and they're gone. And not only are they gone, but everyone yeah. they know, right? I, so I totally agree with that. By being honest and, and just saying, look, I'm going to do the best I can. Here's where my skills lie, or this is where my knowledge base is. But, you know, there's a lot of factors at work here. Um, you know, trying to fix somebody when they're out doing whatever that rest of that week with their bodies and with their food and with all these other aspects of their life. Yeah, you know, you're like, I, I can't just fix all of that, you know, in an hour, hour and a half or or whatever. So yeah, and it's progressive it. as well. Yeah. It's that's what I let the clients know. It's a process. Yeah. It's not a one-time fix. In fact, it could be something that, you know, you might have to maintain for the next 10 years, you know, but the goal is to make sure that it's they're being heard. Yeah. It it's funny that you uh, mentioned promises. Because that's one thing I'm, I've always said to students and others is, you know, one thing is, is do not promise unless you can completely guarantee it. Yeah. Like in labor, uh, like in pregnancy massage, one of the effects of massage for pregnancy is that it should ease delivery when going through in the labor and delivery room. But that's what I thought for the longest time. And then I had an individual who saw me weekly for her 40 weeks of pregnancy, once a week for 40 weeks. Uh-huh. And she's like, you know, she's like, okay, so you're saying that this is going to ease labor and, de- and delivery. And I said, yeah, yeah. And so she was in labor for five days and I felt so bad. Oh, wow. Yeah. After that, because basically I'm, I'm saying something that I can't guarantee. Yeah. You can say on average, this is true, those kinds of things. But yeah, the specificity of a person and the their relationship yeah. to those things. Also, in a situation like that, it's hard sometimes for someone to even know. I mean, that is pretty extreme. But let's say somebody had a, a painful labor uh, and they're like, well, it didn't work. And you're like, but maybe that was better than it would have been. Right. You just you you don't know. Right. So it's, it's right. hard to quantify that because somebody could. So you you can look at it scientifically over the the group of a lot of people, but it's really hard with an individual person for them to even quantify that to say whether it helped or not, because it's really at that point, their opinion of the experience they had, you know, it's really, really a good idea to, again, I think, be honest with your clients and paint a real picture for people, Um, not be negative. That's not what we're talking about here, but step back from it and talk in terms of the data uh, as an expert, you know, statistically, right. this is true. This is what we see with people. Um, people that do this tend to have this using that kind of language, as opposed to kind of making that that all encompassing promise that they are going to receive that specific right. result. And there's a reason for that. And that is because, like you said, if it doesn't happen, then you've you've done them a disservice and yeah. um, and they don't trust you anymore. And now their friends aren't going to trust you or all these other people because we think that's the only way a client's going to stay with us. And I think the clients you want are the clients you can have real, honest conversations with, within boundaries, within all the things, staying on your, your focus topics. But, but you know, they trust you to be the expert. And when you give them the yes. hard truth or, or something they don't want to hear, they trust you. And I think we all have experiences with a particular uh, type of company out there or person or, you know, with right. a dentist, doctor, who knows what it is, but there's somebody in your life that when they tell you, like I have a dentist that I drive 
way far to go see because uh, when they tell me I need something or don't need something, I trust them implicitly. I don't even question it because I've had too many other experiences where I was being sold something. We'll be right back with more All on the Table. I know a lot of massage therapists, and they would love to start their own practice. But finding a professional treatment room and furnishing it can be expensive and a real headache. Long leases, hidden fees, limited support can make it all seem almost not worth it. But that's where Wellspace comes in. They are a completely different type of room sharing program. Their office is professional, neutral, and every room comes fully furnished. They even have those really nice hydraulic tables that can save your body when treating lots of clients. The entire facility is designed to support self-employed wellness practitioners. The fully ADA building is secure and even offers linen service at no additional charge. Look, if you need a massage room to rent and don't want the headache of leases and high monthly costs, you should check out Wellspace. Memberships start at just $95 a month. Or if you're a brand new practitioner, they have a special at just $45 per month. Take a look and see why so many self-employed practitioners have already made the switch to Wellspace. The best way to understand everything they offer is to visit the facility. You can schedule a walkthrough on their website at wellspacenw.com forward slash walkthrough. That's wellspacenw.com slash walkthrough. And now back to the show. You know, if you build a relationship with somebody where they go, okay, if you say that's true, even if I don't want to hear it, then I trust you. That's how you build real long-term clients, I think, in that relationship part of it. So I think that's really good. I have a couple of things that are sort of similar to the ones that you've mentioned. You talked about communication, how important that is. Obviously, that's a huge piece, I think, of getting oh, yeah. clients, that bi-directional. But I have a couple of thoughts about communication. One, <clears throat> um, deciding on a communication strategy and being proactive in implementing it. That's on you. So if the communication strategy is a phone call or if it's a text or whatever right. it is, you have to set that up right? People are not inherently going to try and call you personally or text you until they know that that's an acceptable thing to do. If right. they got to you through a website and you don't give them a new methodology, they're going to just use that website if and when they decide to contact you again. So you want to let them in. Like maybe the website's the way people get to know you, but once you have that, you have a phone number where you SMS them and you communicate. And the way you do that proactively is you hit them up. You're just like, I'll check in with you in a couple of days and see how you're feeling. Is that okay? Yeah, I'll just send you a text. Great, now you've sent them a text. Hey, how are you feeling? I'm just a little sore. Okay, drink more water and do X, Y, Z. Great. Right. Now what you have is bi-directional communication and happening through a new channel that feels more intimate than what you had on the website. They know they can text you. And because of that, you now have the potential of having a client consistently because they have right. a special relationship to you that they didn't have when they started with the, the website only. Now, if you don't want to do text, that's fine. You can move it a different way. You can send them an email. You can do other things. You just have to decide what's appropriate for your business, how you want to be contacted. There are services out there. I use them where people don't have my personal number. Uh, they It's a texting service. I pay a couple bucks a month for it. And then they have a number that I can turn off or turn on or you know at night or whatever. And it okay. doesn't affect my phone. So there's a lot of ways in the modern world that you can go out and do that. Um, but create those channels, 
tell your client what's appropriate. Um, the, the clinic that I, I get the bulk of my massage done at, they send texts uh, to re- as reminders. So that reduces yeah. any kind of errors on their end. They use text for a lot of things. Um, and then they use it as a way to let me know that there's openings. And that honestly garners them a lot of business. I personally scheduled an extra massage this last week because they were like, hey, so-and-so has an opening. Uh, and I was like, great, because I know how busy they are. And an opening, I'll take it, even though it wasn't kind of yeah. my my normal cadence. But I, I jumped in and got the massage. And so you can earn extra business by using that channel, uh, which yeah. brings up my point two on communication, which is communication is always about the client and not about you. So if somebody yeah. lets me know about openings they have, they're saying, I know you would like this. I'm just letting you know. It's not, right. hey, uh, there's a window where I'm not making any money. You thinking about giving me some? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure, right? This is, this is for them. Also, if you communicate with them, you know, how are you feeling, right? You can get into a rebooking out of that conversation, but you don't just like, are you ready to rebook? That's a you thing. How are you feeling? What do you want to do next? You know, you have to build to that. Communication has to be about the client. It shows you care um, and it shows that you are grateful for them on your table. And those are the two keys to really keeping that communication going. If you just send communication, that's like, it's like, uh, you know, hey, book now. Like that feels like a sales ad. It doesn't feel personal. I kind of like the, I, I do that. I do it personally though, you know, and I, I, I'm very, I try to be subtle about that contact. So I just say, Hey, I'll see you tomorrow at such and such time. But I like that interaction with my clients. I like the fact that they can contact me and go, Hey, this is what's going on. And, and I'm not able to make it. And I'll say something like, well, you know, take care of yourself or let me know when you're better or uh, just having a, you know, a human reply, not, right. you know, well, Suzanne is not going to be able to, you know, or you're, uh, there's just, you know, I, I want to, I want the more humanitarian side of things. And I've noticed that the clients I have are a really big part of what brings me, it brings that humanitarian side out and it, it makes it for a enjoyable collaboration in their health yeah i care they care it's you know i for some reason i'm like this is a radical idea but (laughs) caring about people what yeah you know actually give a hoot about your about the the people who are getting under under your hands i really having that kind of professional relationship with clients is very helpful and text is a big one yeah you know i'm more apt to respond during, you know, with a text rather than a phone call, but it depends on my client as well. Knowing your client can be a very important part of that as Absolutely. well. And, and how you leave people, whatever your last interaction was, however it's left, um, people need to know statistically that if if there's any uncomfortability or discomfort uh, with a client in they're communication, not they're not coming back. They will go to somebody that's worse than you just to not deal with that. So if let's say they cancel on you, and and you do exactly what you said, Suzanne, and that, you know, you talk to them and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, just get, when you feel better, give me a call or whatever, and then maybe check in on them again if it's appropriate, whatever. The point is, that's going to bring them back in. If you send them a thing that just says, okay, uh, here's my policy, and you can still charge them. 
If you show care and you have a policy, you're like, look, right. you know, that's fine. But the point is, if you just send a text back that just says your card will be charged, blah, 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 whatever. Remember that that uncomfortability is what they're left. No matter how many good feelings right. you had, that's what they're left with. And they're just not going to come back around. So you need in those moments, it's not about giving up or or not following your policies or any of those things. I have plenty of places that have charged me for late fees or charged me for uh, cancellations or things like that. And it's done in a way where I still feel like they care about me and they just have to follow a protocol just to be healthy. Like I want them to charge it because I care about them. You know, right. like I'm like, I get it. Somebody's not making money because I'm not there. So <laughs> that's, that's on me. But if you leave it wrong or you leave a client unsure or uncomfortable about the relationship, yeah, right. I can promise you they'll never get back in touch with you. No. Um, and that's just that's just kind of how that works. Uh, another thing is always discuss bigger goals. This is something that I, I've, I've written down, so I want your take on this too. And what I'm saying here is when you get with a client initially as part of your protocols, as part of your onboarding, ask the big questions. How do you use massage? What is your experience with massage been? What are you hoping massage can do for you long-term? Any of those kinds of things. What you're doing is taking them out of that moment of, you know, maybe it's just like, well, I just want to relax. Thank you very much. But the thing is, I would bet, and just somebody who does probing questions all the time with their clients, that if somebody was coming in for a relaxation massage and you're like, hey, so what's your experience with a massage? It's only been relaxation. Okay, how are you feeling today? Oh, I have some tension here and there. Okay, is that long going? You know, yeah, I've had chronic things there. You could very quickly get into a conversation about right. somebody looking at it as a treatment plan or a long-term protocol because they were thinking one way, but by asking probing questions <laughs> that are just digging into them, again, it's about them, then I think you have the potential to build a, a longer term situation. Has that been your experience, Suzanne? Yeah, I've noticed that a lot of people that come in for pain, um, there most of the clients I've had have had issues with myofascial pain syndrome, fibromyalgia. And so they might not have tried massage and it's the first time. It's kind of hard to get into a long, as far as I'm concerned, into a long term goal until we figure out what mode or what modality or what techniques are going to work. So, gotcha. but I talk to them through it and I have an idea and I listen and I paraphrase back. Um, but you have your, your verbal outcomes and your implied outcomes. And so a lot of times after a while, once you get a long-term client, I still, the first thing is, how are you doing? Is there anything that's bothering you? I go through that list of questions and then it's an implied aspect. It's an implied goal, so to speak, uh -huh. how they're going to feel at the end. And then after they've come to me a couple of times, then I'll kind of go into, okay, what's this plan? Because sometimes people don't know what they're doing. They're just, somebody's like, go get a massage. And yeah. here they are. And they're like, well, I don't know what my long-term goal is. I know I just want to be out of pain. Sure. It's short-term implied. But, again, but even in that conversation, you could probably say, you know, then what I'm going to recommend is we get on the table three, four times and then figure out what your body's yeah. doing with this, right? You're already still having a lot. I mean, it's a midterm, not a long-term conversation, but you right. are starting a, con it's not just because, right, they might be coming in with an expectation that you can't accomplish, again, back to that integrity and, and everything in one, right. one visit, right? They're just like, I'm in pain. Someone told me to get a massage. I'm getting one. And if you're not asking the right questions, they're going to leave and go, I don't feel that much better maybe in this one yeah. instance because they think none of it works. And that may right. just be because they had the wrong expectation. But, it, you know, there's more to it than just 
that it's you know are you a pleasant person are you in a, a sour person giving a massage or you know your moods play a huge part and your intention for your clients say play a huge part for your long-term clientele as well yes, yes. Yeah, I think some of these things that we're talking about, you know, they're they're very practical applications, but I think you also have to assess, and we've talked about that in some of the other uh, podcasts, just, you know, strategies as far as like, you know, like what are your strengths and weaknesses and what are those things? Because yeah, right. you could do all of these things perfectly. And if you're just a negative person, maybe, or you just don't have that, you know, mindset for something, then it, it, it it's probably not going to work the same, right? right? I mean, you know, who you are personally, because this is a personal thing at some point. And that's true of anything. You know, anytime you have a relationship as simple as a checkout person at a at a grocery store right, um, right. on up, it's still there, there's mm. there's a moment of relationship there that will affect how you feel about that store and about that checker and about this and that. And that's that's a momentary who cares kind of thing compared to getting on the table with a healthcare professional and walking through these things. So it's obvious that all of those pieces kind of have to come together. Um, and we should always be working on on how to do that. But I think the easiest way is everything that you're saying is be focused on them. And if you do that, if you genuinely care about your clients and are focused on them and use that as your communication style or framework, then I think that that's going to go a long way. Another note I have is just sort of being proactive with every visit. I think there's a lot of self-consciousness yeah. with therapists. I think the exit is a very big deal. And it's interesting oh, yeah. to me how that goes. I've, I've now worked with hundreds of literally, I haven't counted it up, but it's got to be a hundred. I shouldn't say hundreds. It's got to be a hundred massage therapists over right. my, my time uh, of, of getting massage for 30 some years. The exit is, you know, anything from just great. Would you like a cup of water to actually somebody saying, Hey, here's what I found. Here's what I did. Here's right. what I'm thinking. Here's some things to try out this week. You know, more of that, you know, like end of an appointment sort of style. Yeah. Um, and if you're having problems with long-term clients, I'm going to suggest that you evaluate that exit phase and that it's not just, okay, now see you sometime, you know, that you at least, yeah. you, you don't have to book them right there necessarily, but you need to at least have a conversation about what the next steps could look like for them um, right. so that they have an understanding. Because if you don't give them that understanding, don't assume that they they know everything you know and that they should, if they don't book you, they don't like you. That may not be true. They may not even know they should book again or what right. that schedule should look like or any of those components. Right. That's a big deal. Most people, uh, I remember for a few years in my, my first, probably in my first five years of massage, you know, it was the client would go, hey, can I book another appointment and not me? But now a part of that exit is, you know, I'm checking in. I'm making sure they're OK. I don't want them dizzy. I give them a big bottle of water to take home. Right. Um, but it's important that I sit down and talk to them and make sure that they're OK. And if they're interested in rebooking, you can rebook now or you can contact me when it's your convenience. Yeah. If I'm not helping, I always re I'll, I'll refer out. So I have no problem telling people that, hey, you know what? If I'm not doing what you expect, I'm happy to refer you out to somebody else that could probably meet your needs. Yeah. Um. So it's that whole concept of letting that person be the person who they are. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I remember I used to analyze, oh, my gosh, why isn't that person coming back? You can go and you may never know. <laughs> why right. they don't come back but yeah. at a certain point in a career 
um, you start to get the feeling, well, this one is not going to work very often. This is not going to work. So most likely I won't see that client again. And that's fine. I have no issue with that as well. And it's it's interesting because it really is this balancing act I've seen with. Um, so, uh, you know, I do a lot of marketing for, say, chiropractic clinics and things along those lines. And there are systems that you have to have or that those clinics have to try and kind of talk through a plan and talk about kind of all of those pieces and right. get people on a plan. And that's another question we can talk about later is, you know, should you ever have plans where, you know, people buy packs and those kinds of things? That's an interesting question, but, um, yeah. but, but they have a, they have a, you know, some kind of plan and a dedicated way to do it. But I've been to places, um, not ones that I've ever taken on as my own clients, but I've been to places where it feels like sort of this cattle call. And even in massage, I remember one time oh, years ago, my wife had uh, purchased uh, a Groupon back when I thought that was appropriate um, to for, to go to a massage therapist. Uh, and and so I went to this massage therapist and there were so many factors that were weird. They had a space that was shared with like engineering groups and things like so I could hear people having water cooler conversations right outside this tiny room where I'm I'm changing it. Everything about it felt awkward. But interestingly, the person came in. While I'm on the table, and before they even put their hands on me, started talking to me about their packages and rebooking. Oh. And I was like, this is the worst time you could do this, right? Like, yeah. I just thought it was so – and so I had to say – and like I said, if it make it uncomfortable, no one will ever come back to you. I had to say, like, well, you know, let's let's – see what happens, you know, kind of thing. And I was just trying to get right. out of the conversation because I thought here I am a hostage, essentially. I'm naked under a blanket and you're yeah. now <laughs> pitching me on giving you money and trying to get me to make a decision, but you haven't actually done any work on me. I don't know if you're any good. And it was just, I just thought, oh my, you know, I wanted later to sort of be like, oh, by the way, you get an F for your your systems, your onboarding. That was horrible. Right. You didn't ask me any questions. You didn't, you know, and so those are the things that think through. And I don't think the person was a bad person. But they hadn't thought through. They had all the pieces of the puzzle. They were all in the wrong order, right. right? And that's the thing is, you know, you have to have the pieces in the right order, and they have to be the order that makes sense for the client. That has nothing to do with your convenience. Your convenience doesn't matter. You are in customer service in that capacity. You are serving the client, and so you need right. to make sure that the sequence makes sense for the client. Here's my last note that I have: be loyal. You want loyalty? You have to be loyal. And let me tell Absolutely. you what I mean by that is. Do not be, and I'm going to say this, and I don't know if we get in trouble for saying things on podcasts yet. I'm too new to the game. I don't know how this works. Do not be like Xfinity, right? Like, or some of the phone companies or these other people out there. Um, we do everything. And well, where are you new? Then you get a discount. Are you new? Then you get this. Yeah. Are, have you been with me a long time? Who cares about you? No, flip the script. Don't offer discounts up front. Don't just devalue your services. Yeah. But when someone has given you loyalty, give them loyalty back, whether that's first yeah. round to fit into spots of openings, knowing that they need them, whether that is an annual gift certificate from like, that's different than discounting your services, giving somebody $10 off as a Christmas gift or something, you know, that can be appropriate or, or those kinds of things, or just it's you've been with me now. I'm with you or, you know, whether that's the packages right. again, if you've been with me a long time and you buy more, you get a little bit of a break. It's not about price, but it's about saying, I care about you in one right. way or another, or just gifting them something. Any, any way you slice it, 
If somebody has been with you a long time, they should get more of you and better of you than somebody who's with you brand new. If your newest clients get the best of you and your long-term clients just get the leftovers, then there's something wrong with your model if you want a loyal customer base. Right. Yeah. I and I that I I agree because I always um again I you know I I'm word of mouth mainly and I've been re, uh, I've had quite a few referrals lately which is great but I always let people know that once they've seen me on a regular basis my schedule is I'm going to adjust to my long-term schedule uh, my long-term clients first they'll contact me and book some of them um, I had a number of them at um, a place that I worked in East Vancouver, and one of them moved to Florida, and he contacted me uh, a few weeks ago and said that he was moving back and he wanted me to continue working on him. And I I just adore him. He's just a fabulous person. And um, But I was, you know, sometimes it, it shocks me when I'm remembered you know, especially over a couple of years where they're like, well, I'm going to go back to her because I know that what kind of service I'm going to get. Right. Um, but yeah, so usually I give my, my, my regular clients first pick, you know, if they want nine yeah. o'clock on a Friday, then, you know, they'll, I'm like, okay, let's get you booked out. And then you let me know otherwise. <laughs> yeah. You know, so sending a text message to all your, your long-term clients or, or multiple type clients and saying, okay, I'm scheduling now at the three week mark. I'm going to leave it to you guys to schedule for the next two days before I open it up to new clients or something. Right. All of a sudden you're like, I feel special. I should book again. Oh yeah. That's a good reminder. Remember what you just did is you just basically asked for their business, but you did it in a way that makes them feel good. And yeah. makes them feel heard and seen and all those things. So there's a way to frame things always that is in the client's best interest. And by the way, if you're not good at certain aspects of people and relationships, and, and I'm one of the people that suffer that, I'm, I, I'm bad with names. I don't remember a lot of information. I remember specific things very well, and other things just slip right out the back door of my brain. Right. Um, and so I would encourage somebody in that situation, be a note taker. It's okay to put yeah. their daughter's name, the name of their dog, an instance that they have, a favorite band, a place they love to vacation, whatever, in some notes somewhere. If they don't see you in six months and they come back and you go, I was looking through my notes and I remember you have this thing with uh, you know, going to France or whatever. They were just like, oh, and now they're talking about the thing that they love again and they're excited yeah. about it or whatever. That works. And it, I don't even think it matters if they know that you took the note. You don't have to pretend you have superhuman memory. Sometimes no. it's it's helpful, but but honestly, it's just the part where you cared enough to have some information on them and and know them because the more known they are, then the more likely they are to come back to you. Nobody wants to form Absolutely. new relationships all the time with any vendor. Uh, we form habits. You shop at specific grocery stores. Now, occasionally you're not in town and you shop somewhere else or you're the other thing. It's how it works. But right. when you can, you stick to your habits, right? Everyone knows in the business world that you want to create these habits. And so if you create a communication stream and you yeah. sort of talk in terms of those pieces and you offer yourself to them in ways that just encourages them to come back to you and makes them feel known, the chances that you'll build a long-term client base are very high. A couple of yeah. steps that somebody can start to make is, for one, remember your client's name. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing worse than calling your client somebody else's name. Yeah, name. Sorry, I couldn't get that yeah. out. Um, 
And then also remember one fact about them. If they share a fact yeah, you know, and say, Hey, you know, if I always, you know, they might say, Hey, I have a dog and I'll go, Hey, what's your dog's name? And, and then I try to ask about that, you know, cause I'm honestly curious about what's going on right. in their lives, but I can't remember everything off the bat. Just be curious about people. Yeah. You know? That's all it takes. It's, it's not a, like, it's not a methodology. It's not a trick. It's just be curious. And if yeah. you are, you'll discover things that are similar. You might have somebody long-term on your table not because you're even the perfect therapist for them. What you do is good and it's great. But the reason they're not shopping is because you share an interest in music or you share an interest in yeah. something else. People will connect with you on all kinds of levels. And I understand every every therapist has to have boundaries and you want to stay on certain subjects. And if you don't want to be too personal, that's understood. But that's where the curiosity, you can direct the conversation. But remember, the conversation is for them. You're being right. curious about them. You just direct it so that it's going the places you want it to go in a healthy way for your practice and, and the things that are important to your practice. So Absolutely. Well, yeah. I think that covers kind of uh, our take on the long-term clients. And yes. um, uh, so we'll be back next week uh, where we're going to talk about abundance and scarcity. We <laughs> are all on the table. See you next week. Aloha. All on the Table is co-hosted by Suzanne Reynolds, co-founder at Pacific Northwest Massage Academy, and Vince Williams, CEO of ClickHive Marketing. The show is produced in-house. All on the Table is sponsored by WellSpace, flexible room rentals for wellness professionals. New episodes are released weekly wherever you find your podcasts.